a police officer, an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants, and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies, and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. Do more. Be more. Be ignited. Happy Friday, everyone. My name is Ryan Rodriguez, and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. This podcast is one of my active efforts to help establish a true community of brotherhood among the ranks, and I hope you find some solace in knowing that you're not alone in your hopes for that. There are others of us out there who are looking to build up their brothers instead of isolating them and tearing them down. We talk about a lot of different things on this show, but keep in mind that it's not isolated at the fire service. The principles we talk about can span all industries, all companies. In this episode today, I'll read you the parable of the oranges, and we will review some of the principles talked about and how we can implement these principles into our personal as well as professional lives. I'm going to start off by reading to you the parable of the oranges so you can gain an understanding as to what it is that we're going to be talking about today. And those things are intent and integrity. Here we go. There was a young man who had ambitions to work for a company because it paid very well and was very prestigious. He prepared his resume and had several interviews. Eventually, he was given an entry-level position. Then he turned his ambition to his next goal, a supervisor position that would afford him even greater prestige and more pay. So he completed the tasks he was given. He came in early some mornings and stayed late so the boss would see him putting in long hours. After five years, a supervisor position became available. But, to the young man's great dismay, another employee who had only worked for the company for six months was given the promotion. The young man was very angry, and he went to his boss and demanded an explanation. The wise boss said, Before I answer your questions, would you do a favor for me? Yes, yeah, sure, said the employee. Would you go to the store and buy some oranges? My wife needs them. The young man agreed and went to the store. When he returned, the boss asked, What kind of oranges did you buy? I don't know, the young man answered. You just said to buy oranges, and these are oranges. Here they are. How much did they cost? The boss asked. Well, I'm not sure, was the reply. You gave me $30. Here's your receipt, and here's your change. Thank you, said the boss. Now please have a seat and pay careful attention. Then the boss called in the employee who had received the promotion and asked him to do the same job. He readily agreed and went to the store. When he returned, the boss asked, What kind of oranges did you buy? Well, he replied, the store had many varieties. There were navel oranges, valencias, blood oranges, tangerines, many others, and I didn't really know which kind to buy. But I remembered that you said your wife needed the oranges, so I called her. She said she was having a party and that she was going to make orange juice, so I asked the grocer, which of all these oranges would make the best juice? He said the Valencia oranges was full of very sweet juice, so that's what I bought. I dropped them by your home on the way back to the office. Your wife was very pleased. How much did they cost? The boss asked. 
Well, that was another problem. I didn't know how many to buy, so I once again called your wife and asked her how many guests she was expecting. She said, 20. I asked the grocer how many oranges would be needed to make juice for 20 people, and it was a lot. So, I asked the grocer if he could give me a quantity discount, and he did. These oranges normally cost 75 cents, but I paid only 50 cents. Here's your change in the receipt. The boss smiled and said, Thank you. You may go. He looked over at the young man who had been watching. The young man stood up, slumped his shoulders, and said, I see what you mean, as he walked dejectedly out of the office. Now let's dissect this parable a little bit and talk about the elements of it and why it's important. Did both of these guys get the job done? Yeah. However, it was how they did it that made all the difference. Let's talk about some of the things that made that difference. So one of the things that stuck out to me was the attention to detail. Uh, to me, I pay attention to detail big time. Uh, when I watch a movie or when I read a book, it's the details that make the experience that much more rich and that much more valuable. Just like a piece of jewelry, it's the detail of the jewelry that makes it more valuable. The less detail, the less valuable. Uh, another thing that stood out to me was the efficiency. I liked how the one guy was willing to ask for something more. When he went to the store, he was willing to do a little bit of negotiating to get a better deal and help save his boss money. And it wasn't even anything having to do with a selfish demand or a selfish drive. It was to help his boss, help out the person who was asking a favor of him. He was going above and beyond. Uh, something else that stuck out to me too was the personal attention. So not only did he go to the store, pick up the oranges, but he dropped them off at home. He called his boss's wife to get her opinion because they were for her. First of all, he noticed, he listened, and picked up on that these oranges were for his wife. So if anybody could answer the questions about what kind of oranges she needed, it would be her, right? So the fact that he put that personal attention in and called his wife to specifically ask her what it was that she needed was amazing. That was an incredible display of personal attention. To me, the, the most important differences here were the elements of intent and integrity. And those were the two principles that I mentioned before reading that, that stuck out to me during this parable. Um, it's the intent along with the integrity of that person. And to me, they go hand in hand. You can't have integrity without intent. You cannot. You have to be intentional about it. You have to be purposeful in it. Let's think about the motivations of both of these young men. Uh, the first one was focused on prestige, reward, and money. And these are all selfish driving forces. These are all external. This is a perfect example of someone who is hungry, but not humble or smart. Those are three principles that I talked about back in episode seven, when I talk about the characteristics of what make an ideal team player, humble, hungry, or smart. This guy was hungry, hungry for more, but his motivations were external. They weren't internally driven. It wasn't that, oh, I wanted to do a better job or, oh, I want to add value to this organization. No, it was, I want prestige. I want more money. I want the rank. I want more money. When, when I see people promoting to get power or money, 
that is that completely goes against the ethos of a firefighter. You're doing the job to serve people, not to get power, not to get money. Just like when people are ready to go to paramedic school. Well, I think the money would be nice. If you're going, if you're moving from EMT to paramedic simply for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. The second young man was focused on doing his job to the best of his ability. That's what he was focused on. It was an internal drive. To me, this speaks volumes of about this guy's integrity. And it also speaks to one of the four agreements that I'd mentioned yet again in another episode, episode six, uh, specifically do your best in everything you do. I don't care if you're mopping the floor, checking the truck off, cooking a meal, everything you're doing, do your best. That's the sign of integrity. That's the sign of intent, working together with integrity. They're supporting each other. The difference in motivation is what separated these two, right? I mean, the first guy was externally driven. The second guy was internally driven. So the first one was willing to do the job, but he was merely going through the motions, checking boxes. And yeah, he got the job done technically, right? But just enough not to get fired and just too little to get promoted, right? Is that what you'd want working alongside you, especially in a life or death situation? A person who does just enough not to get fired, who comes in and just, I'm just going to do my job and go home. Clock in, clock out, do my thing, whatever. Now, that motivation, it, it, it's a drag on you. It's a drag on everybody around them. The kind of intent and integrity displayed by the second young man comes from within, like I'd mentioned. You can't teach that. You can foster it within your organization, but you can't infuse somebody with it. It has to come from within, a, within each of us individually. This is why it's so important to bring people into your organization who display that quality from the start. I've heard it said before that you should be slow to hire and quick to fire. And it's for this exact reason. I think it was Dave Ramsey that I heard say that. I went to one of his presentations and he said, you should be slow to hire and quick to fire. Take time in the hiring process. Invest in that person who you're going to be stuck with for 20, 30 years. In, especially in the fire service, you're going to be living with this person for a third of your life for 25 to 30 years. You better make sure they're worth it. You want to bring people into your organization who you know have that level of intent and integrity. And a templated approach just won't cut it. Not if you're looking to build something great. Let me share an example of how this, this quality can be identified in potential hires. So instead of having the standard templated interview process where everyone answers the same set of questions, why not mix it up? Ask questions based on the dynamic of the conversation. When you have canned questions, guess what? People are going to have canned answers. And that's what I've seen a lot of candidates do who are looking to get into the fire service. You know, they always are ready to answer the question, why do you want to be a firefighter? What have you done to prepare? It's all these canned questions. Ask them something dynamic. Ask them something that they're not expecting. See how they handle that situation. If you ask dynamic questions that flow with a conversation, you open the doors to true insight into how that person is thinking or how that person thinks in general. Not only that, but you'll be able to see how they deal with that dynamic situation. The spur of the moment. 
And ultimately, isn't that what we have to deal with on a daily basis? Spur of the moment situations. Do they get frustrated and angry for the interview not going the way they expected? How do they respond? How do they deal with that new and unexpected frustration? Keep eyes on them and just, just be interested in seeing how they handle it. Because that's going to set a precedent for how they handle emergencies, for the handle, how they handle any situation. Another example is when people have made it to the, the last stages of the potential onboarding. So like chiefs to officer interviews, chief interviews, take them to an unexpected and interesting environment where they will be forced to interact with people, even your people. Take these people to a one-on-one, take them one-on-one to a, a restaurant, for example, and observe how they speak to the wait staff, how they interact with the hostess. Do they offer to pay for you? Now, this, this shouldn't be expected, and you should never allow them to pay for you, by the way. As a person in a leadership role, you should never put yourself in a position where you can take from your people, ever. Gambling, bets, never. Oh, I'll bet you top shelf booze for uh, you can't do this. No, what if, what, if, what if he owes you? You should never put yourself in a position where you can take from your people. In regards to a fire department situation, I feel like the chief should take these potential recruits to a station and introduce them, see how they interact with the firefighters currently on the job. Sit down with that crew. Have a discussion. Not another interview, but have a discussion. Are these uh, potential recruits courteous? Are they rude? Do they engage appropriately? How do they speak to the current firefighters? Do they use foul language? Do they make improper jokes or inappropriate jokes? If, if they're willing to show you that in that situation, then guess what? You're hiring a dirt bag, and they're going to just unwrap the, the pretty wrapping that they've put on for that moment. Challenge them. Challenge them in dynamic situations that demand more than some stupid, canned answer. If you're not looking to build something great, then by all means, keep doing the things that you're doing and keep hiring the same baseline of people that you want to just you know, you want to just check boxes. But as for me, I want to be a part of something great, something reputable. I want to be a part of a beacon of what the standard should look like. An innovated and elevated standard that makes all other organizations around you want to elevate themselves. I've been told by some people, mostly the people who are part of the problem, that to have this kind of attitude is arrogant or conceited. Is it though? Is it arrogant to want to be better than we are? Is it really conceited to be a great example of how things could be? I don't think that's conceited. If you find that what's motivating your people to promote are these external driving forces like pay or status, power, just the title, then you most likely have a larger problem on your hands. The people who typically have these external driving forces are the same ones who are more willing to shirk accountability and are less likely to own it when it matters because those external motivations will be threatened. Their pay will be threatened. Their status will be threatened. Their, their title as captain or chief officer will be threatened. So they're going to do whatever they can to push that accountability down the line onto you. These are the people that gain the known reputation and most of the times it's secret. People keep these things a secret. They all know it, 
and they won't confront anybody about it. But these people gain the reputation that they can't be trusted and don't earn the respect naturally, and they sure don't understand the value of the team. Their motivations are obviously not in alignment to the oath that we've taken to help people. And that includes our own people. It's not just the people we serve, not just the people we run on on these 911 calls. That's everybody. You'll see these people typically pool together. They typically huddle together and pool together and, and uh, become cronies and form their little group, their little clique. But the newer, what, what's bad with this is that the newer people see that as, as the route to getting what you want. And, and that's not good because they learn that in that kind of system to hide within that pool of toxicity and no accountability and just fly under the radar is, is just promoting that toxic environment. It's just promoting it and it's propagating it and it needs to stop. So what can we do on our level? What, can, what action steps can we take? in order to better our environments, better ourselves, and better our environments, which is ultimately the whole point of this, this podcast and this movement. Better our environments through bettering ourselves. So the kind of backwards and deteriorating mentality I, I, I just spoke about before this is, is fairly easy to identify because the environment gets increasingly toxic as no one is being held to a standard. No one is being held accountable. Everybody's basically playing hot potato. As a result, morale tanks. It just tanks. Things just get worse. Nobody wants to come to work. That motive or that lack of motivation spreads, and it just it grows. The darkness grows. If the morale within your organization is in the toilet, the attitude of just doing the bare minimum is probably very present. It's probably very present. People just skating by, doing the bare minimum, checking boxes. We didn't go into our job interviews and tell the chief and those company officers and those other firefighters sitting on our interview panels that we're planning on doing the bare minimum. We went in there motivated and believing and trying to convince those officers that we were going to contribute, that we were going to add value somehow, that, that there was a benefit in them hiring us. Not, well, I'm just going to skate by for 20 years, 30 years, and just kind of do the bare minimum. And then, uh, then I'll retire. Don't worry about it. You gotta. What can we do to combat that? You gotta start small. Start with the people immediately around you. Take small steps to add value to their day while they're at work. Perform small acts of service here and there throughout the day. Mix it up. Make your positive efforts personal. Just like that young man, that guy who got the promotion in the parable that I read. Just like that guy, he paid attention to what his boss said. He said his wife wanted the oranges. So what did he do? He, he paid attention. He listened. He had attention to detail, and he listened, and he used that information to help the process, to help him add value to the situation and make things personal and make things exceptional. Being intentional in serving those around you and doing things for the right reason things you aren't even asked to do are what's going to help stamp this mentality out. As we serve and support each other, we lift each other. And as we lift each other, we become stronger. 
All right, guys, let's wrap it up and review what we've talked about today. Focus on building people up and investing in personal character development. Enhance your environment through intentional motivations rather than checking boxes of a system that perpetuates a culture of no accountability, integrity, or trust. The next time someone asks you to perform a task, do like the young man in the parable of the oranges did and make your efforts intentionally valuable. Don't just stick with the bare minimum. To do, to, to do and to be the bare minimum is a drag on your team and a drag on your organization. 